I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Podcast Network Asia. Welcome to She Talks Peace a podcast that highlights the role of women peace builders around the world in bringing lasting peace and security to communities, eavesdrop on their communities and get to know their stories. From the Philippines to Malaysia, from Indonesia to Palestine, from Myanmar to the United States, their dreams and hopes for a world without violence and a world where every woman and girl can be whoever she wants to be. Hosted by... Amina Rasul Bernardo, President of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy. This is She Talks Peace. I would like to say, apart from the other reasons, for example, being poor, uh, because of the peace and order situations and the calamities, COVID-19, we lost our jobs and everything. But the bottom line here is our values as Filipino is deteriorating. How can a mother, how can a mother really do this and really use the child, allowing the child to be really exposed to this? Salam, salam, dear listeners. Hello, hello from Rainy Manila. Welcome to another episode of She Talks Peace. I'm Amina Rasul of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy joining you. I hope all of you are well. I hope uh, the weather in your place is fine, not as rainy as uh, as Manila. I hope you're having time to go on vacation. And uh, dear listeners, I am quite excited to share that finally, my family and I will go on a much-needed family vacation. We try to do this every year because, you know, when your children are grown up already, it becomes a little difficult uh, getting together. So quality time for a week or two weeks is um, it's always something to look forward to, right? So we have visited and had vacations in different provinces of our country. We have visited uh, countries abroad, uh, Vietnam, Singapore, Thailand. And this year, we have decided to go out of the country. But you know what? We are quite nervous about the recent changes in the Philippines uh, procedures. The Interagency Council Against Trafficking recently approved changes to the departure and immigration requirements in its efforts to counter human trafficking. The measures, unfortunately, 
make, uh, you know, has made gated uh, the process for Filipinos who are going abroad as tourists. You know why? Because it seems that human trafficking potential victims now seem to assume the guise of tourists. So they go abroad on a tourist visa, and then when they're abroad, they look for jobs illegally or they are conscripted into illegal, um, you know, illegal jobs. So our government believes that requiring more documents to prove that we are not going abroad as tourists and then later on look for jobs, they believe that these measures will help in reducing the flow of Filipinos seeking jobs abroad illegally by posing as tourists. They think that this will have a preventive measure on human trafficking. But, you know, of course, you know, there are many critics also against these uh, changes. For instance, former immigration chief and uh, Cagayan de Oro representative in Congress, Rufus Rodriguez, believes syndicates can still skirt the roots and provide funds for these uh, tourists to have show money and uh, provide uh, these uh, tourists going abroad uh, with documentation that they need. So, well, let's see. I hope everything is smooth sailing for my family and myself. You know, I do agree that we have to do our best to stamp out human trafficking because this is modern day slavery and we all need to do our share to stamp it out to stop a modern day slavery now it really is quite troubling the new ways the innovative ways that human traffickers extract filipinos from the country and, and bring them abroad even youth and children. It's quite, quite worrisome for me that children and youth in particular have become more and more vulnerable to recruitment, have become victims. So our guest today, I am quite sure, will have a lot to say about this subject matter and about human trafficking as she works on the ground protecting such victims, especially children. Our guest today is Dr. Marcelina Carpizo. She has been a friend, colleague, and partner in the, our advocacy for the longest time. She's the chairperson of the Philippines Against Child Trafficking, or PACT, P-A-C-T, National Council. She's the president of the Philippine Association of Social Workers Incorporated in Zamboanga City. She is the former director of the Western Mindanao State University Peace and Human Security Institute. Dr. Carpizo, or Marcy, as her friends call her, founded the KKI Tanglao Buhay. I think that's Tagalog for Life for Life Center. And this is for children, victims, and survivors of human trafficking. Tanglao Buhay Center is the only shelter 
for trafficked children in Western Mindanao. Her key advocacy is child protection and anti-child trafficking. She has contributed key documents adopted by organizations like the ASEAN Commission on the Promotion and Protection of the Rights of Women and Children. And uh, she has contributed greatly to projects on human trafficking against human trafficking funded by USAID, the Netherlands, and, and other development partners of the Philippines. Marcy is an active member of the local council for protection of children and the sea-based anti-human trafficking task force of Zamboanga City, which is actually a hub, a transit point for traffic victims. So a lot of these potential victims go down to Zamboanga City, which is uh, in the south in Mindanao. And from there, they go to through Malaysia, Indonesia, and elsewhere. So it's really wonderful to have uh, Marcy Carpiso join us. Welcome to She Talks Peace, Dr. Marcy. Thank you, Mom Amina, for the kind introduction. And good day, everyone. And I'm so glad to be part of this very laudable uh, advocacy. Thank you so much for making time at such short notice to join us, Marcy. We really thought of you because uh, my sister, Salma, who joins me on this podcast uh, from time to time, was just telling me about your discussion when she went down to Sambuanga City as part of our uh, project to do a baseline of children who have been ensnared in terrorism. And when she related to me the stories you were telling, oh my God. We really have to get Marcy Carpizo on board because the previous episode, we were talking about the same topic with uh, Tricia Opo, who's the executive director of the Juvenile Justice and uh, Welfare Council. So first, Marcy, think about the, the government's move, you know, increasing the documents required, increasing show money, because they think they can stop the uh, flow of uh, these recruits by human traffickers. I mean, you've seen this in, in Zabuanga City. You really think it's going to help, Marcy? Well, um, for me, I would like to say yes in some aspect, but somehow it will not. Why yes? It's because the more restrictions, the more documents that will be added somehow, those people, especially those who are engaged in this syndicate crime, will be able to come, you know, think twice because they will be producing more documents, supporting documents so that they can come to the Philippines or us going out. But on the other hand, I would like to say, well, do the government really is doing good to prevent the human trafficking that is going on? But we know very well this is a crime that is not only happening here in the Philippines, but it's internationally uh, being done or being, it's happening. So, the syndicates are more wiser than us. So I the know, most yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we know for a fact that trafficking, human trafficking, but also it's not only the traditional way of recruiting, bringing them from one place to another, mm -hmm. or maybe bringing them from one county to another. It's being done online. That's why we have the online sexual exploitation of children. Yeah, that is, uh, that's absolutely right. You know, in a conversation with uh, Trisha Oko, last week, she was talking about the need to, for government to really have more measures to protect children 
uh, at risk from human trafficking, uh, children who are in conflict uh, with law. She was talking about the importance of rehabilitation. So tell us about your KKKI Tanglao Buhay Center. You are working on rehabilitating these children, right? So what does uh, Tanglao Buhay do, Marcy? Yes. Uh, you know what, Ma'am Amina? Before I'll answer that, I would like to say that the Tanglao Buhay Shelter, that is exclusively for traffic tours in Western Mindanao, started with an advocacy. So way back when the law RA-9208 that was approved, prior to that, we were doing already a lot of advocacy campaign in the community and the schools. It so happened that we realized that advocacy campaign to conscientize people is not enough because there were an increasing number of reported cases. And I could remember that there was two or three of them who were trafficked to Sabah, Malaysia, and we have to go, I have to personally go to Manila because ECPAT called my attention or requested me, could you please do something about this because they are from Zamboanga City. So we have to place them in a shelter for street children, which we call now children in the, uh, in street situations. But we know very well it should not be, so we started there. So going now to your question, well, the Tanglao Buhay Shelter is a 24-hour shelter for girls only, and we do provide a series of programs and services, like, for example, the 24-hour shelter for traffic children, which we cannot definitely return them back to their families for many reasons, like one, the family is part of trafficking, so it's not safe for the child to be back to their family. Or it could be also the trafficker who is at large or maybe who were already uh, with this held by the police is just within the vicinity and for other many reasons. So we provide a 24-hour shelter for traffic victims. Apart from that, we also provide psychosocial interventions because we completely believe that a child that is being trafficked or even adult who is being trafficked are being traumatized. Traumatized when they were recruited, when they were held captive and much more when they are already exploited. So we need really to provide psychosocial intervention. And part of the psychosocial intervention, Mom Amina, is really uh, we have the trauma healing. Mm-hmm. We need to address the trauma experienced by the child. So they vary. Part of this also, we provide those children who wanted to go to school, formal schooling. So we mm-hmm. do scholarship, we provide scholarship. But for those who decided not to... Uh, attain formal schooling, so they will just enroll in TESDA. So we work with the government. And we have also some cases that we would write clearly to, to get justice from what had happened to them. So we have we do provide access to justice. For those who wanted to file a case, we work with our the Department of Justice, the branch 15, the family and children of the family court. And we do journey with them along the way. And for those who wanted to be back to their family, if the family is not part of the trafficking, then we do community and family risk and needs assessment as part of the... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Integration. When you and Salma were having your conversation in, in Zamboanga, she said you were so upset at the mother of one of these trafficked children because you couldn't believe that a mother would uh, be personally involved in the trafficking of her own baby. And in pursuit of that uh, line, Marcy, we, we know that trafficking really occurs in poor communities, especially conflict-affected communities. And uh, God knows our region, Marcy, has a lot of poor communities and conflict-affected uh, communities. So, Marcy, what makes a mother, what makes a parent subject her child to trafficking? And in this particular case, Marcy, it's online, right? Online yeah, pornography. Exactly. The mother was, how, how could they do that, Marcy? What drives them to do that? The perpetrators who are the mother or either the father would always say, always they use the word public. They always blame because we are poor. We need money to provide the needs of our children. So every time they mention this, I always ask them this question. Is this the only means for you to do this? And they cannot even answer. So for me personally, have been engaged in this advocacy and for 17 years working in the shelter for traffic children. I would like to say, apart from the other reasons, that like for example being poor uh, because of the peace and order situations and the calamities the man-made and all of the lot of things that is going on and some of them would even mention about COVID-19 we, we lost our jobs and everything but the bottom line here is our values as Filipino is deteriorating because you're right um, Mom Amina how mm. can a mother how yeah. can a mother really do this and really use the child, allowing the child to be really exposed to this. And you know what, Mom Amina? There were some of them whom I have entered with say, Mom, Marcy, anyway, it's, this is better than really the traditional way of exploiting them because it's online. So you yeah. see the benefit. But what, what got me, Marcy, is that uh, the, the person who was doing the lascivious act with the baby was the mother. Yes. And they didn't really think there was anything wrong with that because it was online. So exactly. I, you know, Marcy, I, I agree with you what has happened to to our values that we don't think there's anything anything wrong with that. Marcy, you're trying so hard to do something about it. But you know, you are one small NGO in this huge sea of uh, of problems. What is government doing? Marcy, on, on this particular issue. Yes. 
Actually, ma'am, we are a small NGO, but I'm so proud, particularly here in Western Mindanao, particularly in Zamboanga City. I can speak for Zamboanga City. Our local government is so supportive as far as our advocacy campaign, as far as our different interventions. And I'm so proud that our regional interagency council, wherein is headed, of course, by the DSWD, and we have part uh, members are the CSWD of the local government, the DOJ, and other law enforcement agencies. And as, of course, the NGO, we have a chat group. And every time there are rescue operations, we are on the go and we complement our programs and services. And those who are rescued are referred if it is adult, it's being rescued, it's being transferred to the women haven of the SWD, that's for adult human trafficking. And for children, whether it is traditional or online, they are being referred to our shelter. So I think it's not really a problem here and in some other parts of the country. And I know the IACAT, the Interagency Council also, if I uh, remember it right, have also a budget that is being distributed to the different active uh, regional interagency council. So the government's working, and you know this, I, I know you know this, mom, that for so many years already, the Philippine government is being categorized by the U.S. State Department as tier one, although it's not a perfect one because there are other yeah. services. Like, for example, mm -hmm. we don't have a shelter exclusively for voice or for voice. So this mm -hmm. always actually our problem because as much as possible, for me, it's very difficult to put together children, boys, and girls together in a shelter because of our right. experiences. So they should be really be set, uh, they should be separated. Yeah. You know, dear listeners, this has been quite a conversation. And uh, But for a very quick moment, let me just um, uh, say to all of you, if you have some ideas that you want to share with our guest, uh, Dr. Marcy Carpizo, why don't you email shetalkspeacepodcast at gmail.com. Let me repeat that, shetalkspeacepodcast at gmail.com. Or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at She Talks Peace. Don't forget to give us uh, a follow. And now back to our conversation with Marcy. Marcy, um, when you were talking about the mother, I was just wondering about uh, the work that the uh, government is doing for the education campaign. You know, uh, like they say, right? An ounce of prevention is worth uh, more than, than the pound of cure. In the case of Sambuanga City, because that is an entry point and an exit point for trafficked victims, how are you collaborating? Is there any education campaign that you and Sambuanga City are working on to really bring home that point that uh, this is not just um, illegal, but it is so inhumane and it is against every value, every family value that you can think of to exploit your, your own flesh and blood in this particular situation. Do you have such collaborations with Zamboanga City uh, Council and local government? Yes, ma'am. Actually, we are very lucky again and again, and this is really true. 
unlike other cities, because every time we have meetings, uh, partners meeting, they will say that some we are lucky as an NGO because the local government is supportive. Why? Like for example, Katilingban is engaged in the, with different barangays. But before we start doing an advocacy campaign, training uh, barangay leaders, community leaders as paralegals, because we need the, their help really in order to combat human trafficking of different platforms, is we collaborate with the local government, with the mayor's office. And then specifically, we work closely with the City Social Welfare and Development Office. So we work closely with the social workers who are assigned in the 98 barangays, and then we do capacitate them. And then there are cases also wherein uh, they are the one who sponsored different trainings or capacity building. They also involve us. So it's really a very good collaborative. And I would like also to mention this, ma'am, that no matter how small is the support now, but we are very thankful. Finally, the Tanglao Buhay Shelter received a support in forms of goods from the city government because it's very difficult to be operating a shelter with girls. So the local government entered an, into a memorandum of agreement providing us every month with the two shelters, Akai, this is for street children and the Tanglao, two or three zaks to rise and boxes of goods, and which is really very helpful already to us. Yeah. This is That's a good right. start. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the uh, barangay. Dear listeners, uh, the barangay is the Philippine village. Now, what is different, what's I think unique in the Philippines is that the barangay or the village is the smallest unit for our local government. And its village or barangay has elected leaders. In fact, in October of this year, there will be an election for the barangay or the village um, chair and councils. And what is important is because they are part of local government, they have their own budget. So when Marcy talks about the barangay or the village collaborating with uh, civil society, the barangay now funds, can fund the advocacy campaign. Because, you know, Marcy, when um, I, I use our airports and there are always these posters about uh, traffic victims, right? About uh, the violation of their rights. And I keep thinking, what good are these posters going to do? Because when the traffic victim is at the airport, the mind of that person or that you know young person is already made up. It's going out. And when what is important really is to stop that person from even going to the airport, which means really going down to the... Uh, to the community level, to the village level. So your education campaign at the community level is, is doing well. And Marcy, the other thing, I mean, Zamboanga City is a divided community. You have a big Muslim community and a big Christian community. So when you go down to the community level, do you also use faith and what faith says about protecting children? in the family against uh, this abuse? Yes, actually, that's really because we have to be culturally sensitive here. So we need really to be careful and we have a modules and our social workers are being trained. And then many of our barangays 
that we have targeted the rates since we started are also coming our barangays known to have a lot of Muslim, you know, uh, residents. So it's really very helpful. And in some of our modules, there are, you know, verses in the Holy Quran, verses in uh, Christian that will somehow open, you know, that will somehow, what's this, enlighten the minds of our people. So it's really very helpful. Though, for example, we do, do talk, we talk about laws on anti-human trafficking, even the, the latest one. But when we go down to the communities, we have, you know, we try to simplify this. But when we train the paralegal volunteers, we see to it that we have our very own lawyers who were also trained about laws, trying to really simplify because what is very important is not for them, of course, to memorize the different provisions, but for them to know what are the three elements of human trafficking. Okay? The acts, the means, and the purpose. And then when the child is the victim, well, of course, the means is already not, is not to be considered. It's always the acts and, and the purpose. So a lot more. No? So this is really very helpful. And you know, Mom Amina and the one watching over now, and because of this, community-based paralegal volunteers, the community education sessions that we did, not only in the barangays, but also in the schools, we have an increasing number of referral cases. Oh, that's great. Yes, that's true, mom. And even there are red flags because we, they are being taught on what are the red flags. Immediately, mm -hmm. they will call us. And then this is why we have to coordinate with the RIACAT members, with the WCPC, the Women and Children Protection Center, which is based in uh, Sambuanga City. So immediately we work closely with them so that surveillance and other procedures can be done. So that's why our phone is open 24-27 and even my cell phone, we usually give even my personal uh, contact number is open because sometimes uh, a lot of you know referrals and this is true. There was cases in Marawi before, in EPIL, because when we do extend our advocacy, I usually give my number. So we were able to save lives. Isn't that a little dangerous? Because you are doing something that will sort of neutralize the human trafficking syndicates. And I know that those groups are well-funded and, you know, they're not gentlemen or gentle ladies. So aren't you putting yourself at risk, Marcy, by by sharing your own personal numbers? Have you ever had threats, Marcy? Have you received threats? Mom, you're correct. Actually, I learned a, le a lot of lessons because I have shared that one already. So I received that threat. That threat in the sense that we have a case, the Nueva Sia case that's part of Luzon. And then uh, the perpetrator is a well-known person here in Zamboanga City and then uh, the, the child was able to testify already and I was one of the witnesses and I had to face squarely with the traffic uh, with the trafficker alleged traffickers who are two ladies and one man and then I just received a text message saying that you think that you are already done no one day your body will be seen outside so I was, I, of course, I was afraid. I kept it within myself without telling my family, my husband. I kept it myself, but I tried to rationalize it. That, well, if they want to kill me, they want to do something harm. I don't think so. They need to tell me. So it's a tactic for them. And I was just saying, God, take good care of me. 
but because of giving that number also, we were able to save lives. I mean, we were able to really? rescue four of them in Marawi, two oh, of them right. in Manila, because I was just right. wondering why they were able to call me and say, and then calling me, and they were inside the, the restroom and saying, help me, help me. And we were able to strategize this. But, well, but you're right. <laughs> I should Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The giving. You, like many human rights uh, defenders and uh, those who are fighting uh, violent extremism, human trafficking, and so many uh, ills of uh, society, they have that attitude. There's nothing I can do. If they're really going to hit me, there's nothing I can do. God is will protect me. So there is this acceptance that, you know, you're not going to stop moving just because there is a threat. But still, Marcy, I mean, we, we also need to, you know, have some safeguards. And one thing that our colleagues from conflict areas or human rights defenders and peace advocates, one thing that they keep asking for is for some kind of protection from the security sector, from the police, or in the case of areas of armed conflict, from the military. In the case of Zamboanga City, because it is an exit, an entry point for traffic victims, um, is, are you confident, are you comfortable with the level of security that is provided by government to people like you, who's you know, trying to neutralize this, uh, the evils of uh, modern-day slavery? Or do you think they, that they should be doing more? Well, I think, Mom, uh, we're doing good. I'm confident because every time, for example, if there are court hearings, scheduled court hearing, so usually we use now our own organizational vehicle. And then if there's a need really, because we will know if there's a need for the WCPC, uh, law enforcers to accompany or have another car following us, we do request that. And then uh, in terms of going to the barangay, and this is the beauty of really working with the local government and directly uh, working with the village uh, officials because you are safe, in a sense, you are safe because mm. you work with them and you work with the community leaders. So, and of course, we do... Uh, also preventive measures for our mm. staff who are going there. So we always mm -hmm. tell them, if you think there are red flags, if you think it's not safe for you, it's not just the peace and order, maybe in terms of the calamities, and then if it is right. scheduled already, you need to cancel it right. because our right. priority is their safety. I'm going to ask you a personal question, Marcy, because I'm looking at you and you look fresh, you look relaxed, and yet, you're working in such a stressful environment. I mean, modern-day slavery, protection of children who are 
you know, uh, victims. So how do you keep the stress at bay? How do you, you know, keep, you know, work-life balance? How do you keep yourself sane, Marcy? What is your strategy to be able to really uh, you know, distress yourself? Yes, ma'am. Uh, first is, I really love what I am doing. And you know that from the very start. Yes. <laughs> from the very start, I never say no. Uh, we started with a shelter way back 2008. So there was a point in my life because we were just starting and we were learning. Because we are not experts. I'm a social worker, but that's, I mean, I'm an expert already in managing a shelter that is exclusively for trafficked children. The mm-hmm. dynamics are really very different and it's very challenging. But later on, I was able to adjust and every changes that I have seen, every steps of changes or transformation that I've seen in every child, it adds more life. It adds more, you know, it makes me more younger <laughs> and more, you know, uh, fulfilling. Your love for your the advocacy and your love of the, the community that keeps you sane. Yeah, but, uh, I was just I was just thinking about um, about that because um, we interviewed the former vice president uh, Robredo, for instance, and she was saying when she had enough and she needs to distress herself, she cleans. <laughs> <laughs> another yeah. another guest, another guest of ours. Um, she said she would sew because she said when you sew. <laughs> You're just thinking about the stitches. So everything else goes back to, to the background. Each one, yeah. I guess, needs to have yeah. some kind of strategy to yes. think balance because our advocacy, Marcy, can really consume us if you don't uh, watch it. But it seems that uh, your strategy is working because you're looking fresh. You're looking relaxed, and you're still smiling, which is really... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Mom. And, and I would like to add also, of course, I'm just so lucky that I have a very supportive children and family. And ah. Yeah, that really oh. helps me a lot. And they completely yeah. understand. And of course, I find time also than myself. So I need really also to, you know, uh, you, uh, what we call... Uh, the wellness of oneself so that I'll become more better. Yeah. I'll be able, I have to take mm-hmm. care of myself physically, yeah. mentally, and emotionally so that when I will be dealing with all of these cases with the children and dropping the proposals, mm-hmm. somehow I will be inspired. So these are all the factors really. And of course, the partners that gave their trust to me mm-hmm. and to our organization, just like you, this really adds more. I said, wow, this is something. This is something. So it challenged me more. Dear listeners, those of you who are 50 years old and thinking of retirement, listen to this. Uh, she looks still like a very young woman and who has admitted to 61 and uh, still is a go, go, go. <laughs> so, Marcy, before we end our, um, our conversation, Perhaps uh, you would care to share a message to our listeners. Yes, ma'am. Uh, very quickly, first, I would like to uh, share a message to the family and the parents. Because as parents, 
we are the first one who should provide protection, an environment that is safe for our family. Yes, we are now in a modern era where technology is always there. And we do allow our children, grandchildren to use our technology. And there's nothing wrong about it. But just a piece of advice, we parents must be also aware of how to use the technology so that we'll be able to guide also our children. Because recruitment for trafficking and even terrorism and other forms mm. of illegal activities are being done online. So we should really capacitate ourselves first and really have an open conversation with our children. Give them some tips that if in case somebody will entice you to join, so on and so forth, immediately okay. tell mommy or mama or tell father or daddy. We should know this. Second is for the government really to continue. If we mm-hmm. have done already, if we have policy, no problem in the Philippine government, we have really a very good policy on human trafficking. This was revised three times. <laughs> and the latest right. one is the 2020, the 11860, very right. But this is a message that for all government concerns, let's religiously implement, restrict in the implementation of the laws. Let's give them teeth. Let's enforce the law. Okay. Right. If there are people in the government that connive with the traffickers and other, then let's really not find a way that this will be stopped. And then for us, uh, non-government organizations, civil societies, this is a time for us to come together, complement our program and services because an NGO, one NGO cannot just really definitely cannot solve the problem. So we need to complement right. it. Let's complement our expertise. Let's exchange our resources, not only budget, but our expertise. Somehow, we know very well, and I know, Amam, Amina, you will agree with me, that it takes a village to protect or to provide a safe environment for the people, particularly with the children. And for, lastly, for the children, for the children, I'm not against about using different gadgets, spending time, but please be careful. You should be careful, be sensitive, and be very critical in accepting. If there are invitations before you accept, if you are not so mm. sure, please go to the right person. And who is the right person? It's your family. And then if your family maybe is not available, go to a friend that is you think can really help you. Or maybe the teachers. The teacher should also be conscientized about this because if they are not in the family not at home, it's the teacher now is the second family. And they should know all these issues so that they can guide their pupils, their students on what's really the best thing to do. So let's just be conscious of everything we do. And of course, if you are doubtful, I know the organization of Mom Amina, you could always contact them and they could always do the networking, coordination, so on and so forth. We are just here ready to help everyone. We need really to work together to protect our children and the future generation, not to fall free um, of this human trafficking. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, ma'am. More power to you, Dr. Marcy Carpizo. Dear listeners, you have uh, heard uh, Marcy talk about her experiences in uh, in Zamboanga City. And uh, let me just stress what she said. You know, we live in a scary world 
where the internet becomes even more real, the virtual world becomes even more real than the real world. And the, you know, Marcy sharing with us that we need the tools to learn to navigate, to prevent uh, all of these evils that, that's going on in the, in the dark web and reaching out to grab our children. Marcy is talking about also preparing our own children so that they can say no, they can turn off if there are red flags. So I hope, dear listeners, that you pick up from uh, uh, Dr. Marcy Carpizo's um, experiences. And thank you so much, Marcy, for joining us on She Talks Peace. And uh, thank you to our listeners for spending this time with us. But before I say goodbye, just another reminder, do email us if you have some ideas uh, on topics that we can discuss or you have some suggestions for Dr. Marcy Carpizo, email us at shetalkspeacepodcast at gmail.com or reach us on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram accounts at shetalkspeace. So thank you. This is Amina Rasul of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy saying bye for now from Manila and wish me luck that I won't have any problems when I go through the immigration procedure next week where we go on our long, long delayed family vacation. Thanks, Marcy. Bye. Enjoy your trip. Bye, everyone. Thanks, Marcy. Fingers crossed. She Talks Peace is brought to you in partnership with Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics, the easiest way to monetize your podcast. For more information, check out their website at podcastnetwork.asia and podmetrics.co. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.